0: THIS IS AN INTERACTIVE LIVE CAST AND WE WELCOME YOUR QUESTIONS. TO ASK A QUESTION DURING THE LIVE CAST, USE THE COMMENT OR CHAT FEATURES. NOW GET READY TO DIVE INTO THIS WEEK'S TOPICS WITH OUR HOSTS ON LOCATION IN COLORADO,
1: U.S.A. HELLO, I'M ANDREW WOMACK AND WELCOME TO OUR MONDAY NIGHT TRUTH AND LIBERTY LIVE CAST. AND uh, TONIGHT WE'VE GOT A SPECIAL GUEST WITH US, RICK GREEN, AND WE'LL GIVE HIM A BETTER INTRODUCTION HERE IN A LITTLE BIT but uh he's got some really positive things to share with you you know we often have to highlight all of the negative things that are going on trying to wake people up but rick is doing some really positive things right before the program started he was sharing a lot of really encouraging things and so i believe this is something that will not only encourage you but many of you could participate in the things he's doing so we'll be talking about that here in just a little bit but i've got richard harris with me he's our executive director here at uh, truth and liberty and he's going to share with you some of the meetings and ways that you can get involved tonight
0: great thank you andrew and thanks to all of you who are watching tonight. This is gonna be a great show. Um, Really looking forward to it. If you're watching on YouTube, I wanna encourage you to jump over and watch directly on our website. Uh, You're gonna have a better viewing experience there and you're not gonna get censored, so uh, be sure to do that. And then also, um, speaking of our website, have you checked out our resources page lately? Uh, You need to do that. We've got some great stuff on there, including um, links about, um, let's see here, well, lost my place in my notes. Well, there's some good stuff on there, I tell you that. I know I, I, lo- I loaded, had it loaded two weeks ago. Oh, ESG scores. Do you remember our live cast a few weeks ago where we talked about ESG scores and how the uh, uh, World Economic Forum is is rolling that out? You can find information on that. And also um, uh, lots of helpful links to help you get involved. Here at the ministry, there's some great events coming up, including next week is the annual Men's Advance at uh, Karis Bible College with Tony Dungy. And uh, James J. B. Brown, Uh, I tell you, this is turning. This is just such an awesome event. The men's advance, guys, you need to come out, get recharged, refired, and uh, you know, there's something about when men come together to worship God. Andrew will be ministering along with those gentlemen, and it's going to be awesome. Kari's Campus Days is coming up, April 6th through the 8th. Uh, Campus Days, I have a dear place in my heart for Campus Days because that's when God really touched Donna and me and brought us out here and changed the whole course and direction of our lives. And if you're wondering if God is calling you to something greater, something bigger, uh, something where you're living on the edge, come to Campus Days and and hear the voice of God change your life. The David musical, this is my favorite of all the Murin musicals. It's called David, King of Jerusalem. And it gives you, it's just like an anointed insight into the heart of David and his relationship with God. That's April the 8th. You can register for that at awmi.net. So check that out. Um, are you a subscriber to Truth and Liberty? If you're not, you need to be. Uh, every week we send out helpful, useful information to our subscribers about what's going on, how to get involved, how to make a difference. And if you'll go to our website, upper right-hand corner, just click subscribe, share your email. You could be on that list and we will send you, uh, you'll be eligible to receive a gift in the mail, uh, one of Andrew's books. Last week we gave away More Grace, More Favor andrew's latest book to bobby grant congratulations bobby uh you'll be getting an email soon about how you can claim that and this week we're giving away spirit soul and body uh this is i would it be fair to say is your foundational teaching it is
1: that's what opened up my heart to this is understand
0: and what i say about it is once you understand this uh, i i don't know how you can understand the new testament really without this revelation it makes everything come together and make sense um if, if you're watching tonight and you have a question for us or for Rick or for Andrew, post that in the comment section on um, on Facebook or in the, uh, uh, the chat function on our website. And then also, if you want to help us at Truth and Liberty to make a difference, which we are making a difference, we are growing by leaps and bounds and making a big impact, you can become a member of Truth and Liberty by going on our website to the donate page and just signing up to make a recurring automatic donation of $5 or more per month and uh, you'll be an important part of what we're doing and we will send you a free gift in the mail of alex mcfarland's book the assault on america how to defend our nation before it's too late last thing i want to tell you tonight is if you need someone to agree with you in prayer just call into our phone center 719-635-1111 and a spirit-filled word of god trained prayer minister will be standing by to help you out so that's all i've got andrew
1: Amen. So our guest tonight is Rick Green. He's from Dripping Springs, Texas, is what I heard, somewhere around the Austin area. Mm. And uh, anyway, Rick has uh, been associated with Karis Bible College for quite a while. Our uh, practical government school that Richard ran for a while, they actually participate in his Patriot Academy, and he trains people. We'll be talking about that. And he's also started, what is the name of the new one, the Biblical Citizenship. Biblical Citizenship, and this is what I was excited about. So he's also associated with uh, David Barton, and uh, he hosts the radio program with David Barton Wall Builders, and of course you know David Barton is one of our board members here. And so anyway, Rick is just doing a great, great job. So welcome to our program, Rick. Thank you for coming and being with us tonight.
2: I'm, I'm honored to be with you guys. Anytime I can be with fellow patriots, I love it. And what better name for a show, Truth and Liberty. I mean, what you guys are speaking truth and you're defending liberty, so I wouldn't want to be
1: anywhere else. That's, that's right. That's we're awesome. glad. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So give our viewers here a little bit of background. How did you get started? I know that you were associated with David Barton, and he, in yeah. a sense, discipled you, but then you've got your Absolutely. own ministry going. And, and what's going on with you? Well, man, I'm I'm very blessed. I've been learning at David's feet for
2: 20, I'm going to age myself and him a little bit, but 25 years now, all the way back to when I was a state rep here in Texas. In fact, he came down and campaigned for me when I first ran. Uh, I was only four years old at the no, and I was <laughs> in, in my late 20s, though. So, uh, But David and Cheryl have just been, you know, they've really been great mentors to my wife, Karen, and, and me, and they helped us start Patriot Academy all those years ago. And I really did it honestly, guys, out of frustration. I was in the in the Texas house looking around, going, where's all the conviction oriented people? Where are the people that are making their decisions based on some biblical worldview, not just finger to the wind, whatever's popular? And and honestly was really disappointed. And you know, my dad was the one that said to me, Why not do something with the youth? Why not start to raise up a new generation that gets it, that has that biblical worldview and the skills necessary to be effective in this arena? And so, David and Cheryl Barton helped us start Patriot Academy all those years ago. And a couple of decades later, we've trained hundreds of thousands of people on the Constitution. We've trained a whole lot of young people on uh, how the process works, how to be good citizens, and uh, how to be good leaders. Kind of how to find their passion, too. I mean, they're young when they come to our program. They're 16 up to 25. Kind of that that part of, that, that time in your life when you're really figuring out what you believe, like what, what do I believe, not what does mom and dad believe, or you know what do I believe, and that's a really good time for us to get them on the house floor and let them experience their government, but pound in some good biblical worldview right. while we're at it.
1: So give a little yeah. explanation. What is Patriot Academy? How long does it go? What do they learn? What What is Patriot Academy?
2: Yeah, that that flagship program, which is really that's all we did for the first 10 or 15 years of the of the foundation, but. Uh, It it was a chance to bring these kids in from all over the country and, and put them on the real House floor. So instead of just sitting in a lecture hall and us talking to them about government or talking to them about their job and role as a citizen and their duty, we wanted to put them in the hot seat, let them see what it was like to file a bill, to debate that bill on the House floor or in committee, to hear from people that were serving in government or serving in entertainment or the pulpit or whatever area of life. And throughout that week that they're at the Capitol, then what we're hoping for and praying for every time is that at some moment, there'll be that aha moment where God speaks to them and says, that's the desire I put in your heart. That's the arena I want you to go lead in. And so they learn, you know, really how government works. But they also learn speaking skills and all kinds of personal skills. And they really learn a good philosophical, biblical worldview of what government should look like and not most you know most of them don't run for office or go into politics probably 95% don't they go into some other area of the culture but all of them go into that area of the culture to be biblical citizens for the rest of their life and that's that's our main program that we've been doing for two decades now
1: So do they just get all this by observation in the house or do you actually sit there and have classroom time that you teach them things and what's what what else Yeah
2: both so we'll do the you know we'll do the lectures where we do actually have a kind of an interactive format for them to learn I I actually take them uh, basically into a you know an experiment where they're designing government from scratch and 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 we say okay look everything's everything's falling apart and you've got to start over how would you design it and it's amazing guys every time by the time we're done they have designed the exact United States system that we have so they in other words when I tell them or ask them what freedoms would you want to have enshrined in this Constitution we're gonna do by the time it's over they've all talked about the Second Amendment they have all talked about freedom of religion and when we get done I say guess what our founding fathers and the people that came before you preserved exactly that system that you would design from scratch now it's your job to step up and and uh, and it's your turn to to preserve and protect it so it's it's interactive but then they're on the real house floor trying to figure out okay well if i believe in limited government and individual liberties and timeless truths and free enterprise if those are the things i believe in what does that look like when it comes to a bill that's you know dealing with business regulation or a bill that's dealing with freedom of religion, those types of things. And I just think that's the best place. If you don't entertain people, you know, at this age, aren't going to pay attention long enough. And it's enough entertainment for them to stay engaged. And then when you're teaching them something they never heard before, and then you're giving them a way to apply it, man, it just creates inspiration in them from then on. And and one other thing real quick about this, this academy that we've always done, at the end, we have military veterans at the graduation dinner that ceremonially pass the torch to them. So yeah. these kids are all called forward one by one. They sign the Declaration of Independence in a moment of, of of pledging their lives, their fortunes, and sacred honor to the cause of liberty and to each other, as the Declaration says. Yeah. And then they walk up to that military veteran who's standing there with a medal and a and a torch pin, torch of freedom pin. And that military veteran says, "I was willing to die for your freedom. Now it's time for you to go live it." And that sticks with an 18, 19, 20-year-old, and, and from then on, they're committed to the cause
1: man that's awesome yeah so if we've got some young people watching this or if we got parents that they think man i'd like my young person to go through this what do they have to do is it one week long do you pay for it is it only there in dripping springs texas or where are you (laughs) we
2: used to do it only in austin texas because i said everybody's got to come to the mecca of freedom texas but we 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 finally decided you know we'd reach a lot more folks and i had some some supporters that said hey you got to bring it to idaho or you got to bring it to arizona so now we do it in at the Idaho State Capitol, the Arizona State Capitol, the uh, Florida State Capitol, the Delaware State Capitol. And this year for the first time, we'll be coming to your neck of the woods. We're coming to the Colorado State Capitol. Oh, we need Uh, it. But all those dates and everything's available at patriotacademy.com. And and there is a tuition, it's really low. It covers their housing, everything. We have donors that support throughout the year to make that possible. Um, and, And to answer your question about time, most of those programs around the country are three days. But because Colorado is just as awesome as Texas, those two are a full seven days. That's (laughs) because we need
1: seven days (laughs) to get Colorado straightened out. But it's changing. It's changing. Truth and liberty. God is using truth and liberty. And David Barton has been here, what did you say, five different meetings in the last three weeks. Mm -hmm. And we're meeting with pastors, and we're seeing this state turn around. We're seeing things change. So that's awesome.
0: Flipped a bunch of school boards last fall, and uh, there's momentum building. I think we
1: had, what, 78 candidates that we supported that were elected in 2021.
0: Yeah, that we, we put on a, on a nonpartisan voter guide, and uh, I tell you, it was awesome. But, That's really good. Well, and Rick, this Patriot Academy, you, you do it uh, at the Practical Government School at Karis Bible College. And yes. one of the things I like to watch is these students uh, stand up and do role play, as legislators, right? Can you comment on that? Is that part of the program that you do?
2: It is, yeah. We do that at the state capitals too. But the cool thing about what you guys do is by the time we're there and we do that simulation with them, that legislative simulation, y'all have poured so much into them. They're ready for some of that to come out, right? And to be practically applied in the legislative process. So it's really neat to watch that happen. Um, and, and I think everybody should experience that. They should, they should experience what it's like to have to debate a bill, defend the principle behind what you're doing, why is it the proper role of government to deal with that particular issue, all of those things. And so, so it's really nice to be kind of in the hot seat, if you will, uh, of a legislator and realize you're gonna have people pulling at you from all directions. And do you have the courage to stand for truth even if it's not popular? Because even in these programs sometimes, I mean, it's fun to watch these students have to figure out, wait a minute, do I, do I believe this strongly enough that I'm willing to be ridiculed for it or be disliked mm. for it? or even have to vote against someone that I like. That's one of the hard lessons for legislators, you know, because they're so chummy and everything, and they don't want to hurt each other's feelings. It's like you sometimes have, you, you don't, not sometimes, you always vote based on principle, yeah. not based on party, and not based on whether or not that might be your friend that's offering a bad idea, and that's a hard lesson to learn sometimes.
1: And also, you've now started the biblical citizenship amongst everything else that you're doing. Tell us about that. Yeah, this one kind of started by
2: accident, honestly. You know, David Barton and I did this Constitution class years ago. I taught the the, the core of the Constitution part in Independence Hall, where the Constitution and the Declaration were done, and and then we went into David's library and he pulled all the stuff off the shelf, just like y'all do with him, and and was teaching from that. And we made up some videos of that, and 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 people started taking that and the workbooks and doing almost like a Sunday school class with it. And they get people either in their home or at their church to walk through it. And we found out i mean it was really taken off around the country and so we said you know what we need to kind of harness that and train people how to do that so we repackaged it as biblical citizenship in modern america added a whole lot of new interviews kirk cameron actually does his his monument thing. you see the monument behind me if you've been to the monument to the forefathers in massachusetts it's got this wonderful wonderful design that basically walks you through why faith and morality are absolutely necessary for the security of our nation for the law and all of those things to work you got to have faith and morality so kirk does a big part of it and, and then we have rabbi daniel lapin and pastors and all kinds of folks teaching in the course and I, I i gotta tell you guys there there are people right now that have given up on america there are a lot of people mm-hmm. that have decided it's all over it's gone it's too far gone and i challenge them come do this class go through this eight week class and find hope for the nation find hope for this system the principles of liberty are not what has failed us. It's, it's the leaders that moved away from those principles. God's law does not change. The laws of nature and nature's God don't change. The principles of liberty don't change. And when you look out there and you see all this negative stuff going on and you see all these bad results in the culture, you gotta know those bad results are the direct response to bad policies and bad policies come from bad leaders. We don't have to despair when we see the bad results. We just have to kind of follow that line and go, oh, well, if we change the leaders and we change the principles and we put the good principles back in, how many times do we see that in the Old Testament, right? If they do it God's way, good results. If you ignore God's way and do it your own way, bad results. And that's what this course shows people is that in America, biblical citizenship is what it's going to take to turn this thing around. So if anybody out there is kind of Given up on the system, or thinking the principles don't work anymore, the Constitution is broken and doesn't work anymore. The system works, but we have to work the system. We have to be salt and light, and this course, Biblical Citizenship, teaches you how to do
1: that. So we've got a thing on our screen about. For more information, you can go to biblicalcitizenship.com. So you mentioned that it was an eight-eight week course. How does this work? Is there a charge to it, and how, to, how does it? What happens when you go to this? Where do you yeah, have to go free. to get It's free
2: we give it away you can host the class for free if you want to sign up at, at our website today you can become a biblical citizenship coach or what we call a constitution coach and you can host it in your home and your living room you can host it at your church you get a free broadcast license to do that everybody that signs up gets a, access to a digital workbook so they can do it on their phone or an ipad or their computer and go through the whole course um and and i'll tell you guys we've seen Uh, thousands of churches and people do this in in their communities and seeing incredible results. We're up to 12,000 Constitution coaches now. There are prairie fires, you know, if you want to call them brush fires of liberty being lit all over the nation. And anybody can do it. I don't want anybody to think I got you got to have a law degree or you got to have loved it. I hated history in in high school and college and government. They were boring. I slept through those classes. This is the David Barton way. It's fun. It's entertaining. When when somebody finally gave me a cassette tape of David Barton for the first time, and I listened to that, and now everybody knows how old I am when I talk about a cassette tape. But uh, (laughs) history came to life. It was like I could see history through the eyes of the people that lived it. It changed it for me big time. And that's how we do these courses. So they're the only Constitution courses you'll actually stay awake for. You'll be inspired, and you can get all your friends and family and do it at your home or at your church, wherever you want to do it. Uh, But I promise you, just just two hours. I'm, I'm asking people to give two hours one night a week for eight weeks it's an investment of your life that's your time your fortune because you got to set aside that time away from something else and your sacred honor start sharing with your friends and family i promise you you will see a brush fire liberty begin out of that class
1: and so a constitutional court a uh, coach is just a person who's viewed this thing and participated and then they basically host it for somebody else and they play videos and interact that way they don't have to have any special skills or something
2: that's it. If you can just blow the whistle it's start time, you know, <laughs> hit play on the DVD player. You're the coach. That's it. And 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 I always tell our coaches, I'm like, if you haven't had time to watch the class yet, don't worry about it. Go ahead and invite people over and you watch with them. I mean, I'm America's constitution coach and I still get up in front of my live constitution classes all the time and I start with, Hey, I'm no guru. You're you're going to stump me tonight with some question about the constitution I don't know the answer to. And then that's my homework. And I think if we all take that approach that we're in this to learn together, it's more fun. It's good fellowship. Nobody's got pressure on them to have all the answers. I mean, we get that from that iron sharpening iron. We sharpen each other's countenance. Uh, and it's a fun time, too. I mean, again, I, I have always I know I've already said it. I've got to stress it again. You're not going to fall asleep in this when you will actually have a great time and you'll have great fellowship with the people you go through the class
1: with. So you've mentioned that you got 12,000 of these constitutional Uh, coaches. So what is your vision for this? Where do you think this is going? What kind of impact are you expecting?
2: Well, if we keep growing at the rate we are, and and, in my prayer every day I ask the Lord to give us five million people to go through this course before the next presidential election. If we keep going at the rate we're going and the growth we've had the last two or three years, that's what we're going to reach. And to do that, we're going to need about 40,000 constitution coaches. So to grow by another 400% from where we are right now will get us there. Um, So I encourage people to go sign up, tell your friends and family about it. And and, and one one fun thing, too, guys, is you can do the class just like what we're doing right now. You can get online and play the video with your friends and family from around the country if you want to have folks from all the way across the nation join you for the class. Because the magic really happens after the video's over. When the video finishes and you start talking to your friends and family and people at your church about these things, you realize, wow, I'm not alone. I've been feeling... You know some despair about the country and I realize I'm not the only one that realizes we've got real challenges but then you realize there's hope we can turn this thing around to Lord Terry's he's not done with America yet if we'll bring those principles back and then we give you real action steps things you can do to make a difference that's another thing we want to do is plug them into truth and liberty get them involved with you guys as well because y'all do a lot of boots on the ground stuff beyond what we do with the class and we want people to be a part of that as well the voter guides being involved at your church, most people have no idea who they're going to vote for when they show up. They might know governor, they might know president, but then they go get down to that ballot and they're totally at a loss for who to vote for. So mm-hmm. getting voter guides in the hands of your friends and family, educating and getting pastors to host these classes and, and and give people hope at their church. There's so much, everybody can do something and we give them a lot of options on, on how to do that. Anybody can do this. Anybody can be a part of making a difference for our country right now.
1: So you mentioned that you're america's constitutional uh, coach or whatever so how why is it important to know about the constitution mm-hmm.
2: Man, you know this is our system right i mean jesus said render unto caesar what is caesar's and unto god what is god's well how can we render unto caesar what is caesar's if we don't know how caesar operates in our system of government it was actually kind of easy in rome i mean see whatever caesar says goes right mm-hmm. in our system we're caesar so mm-hmm. it's a it's a little more difficult because with freedom comes responsibility and and i think for us to not know how our system works is a dereliction of duty it's like being that wicked and slothful servant that was given the talent and buried it we've been given this talent of freedom this wonderful gift and instead of multiplying it working it investing with it we've buried it in 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 most cases in in our country and that includes the church right the church just kind of stepped out and wasn't salt and light in the arena doesn't really know how the process works that's changing, thanks to you guys and so many other ministries out there that are now stepping into the fold and being involved. And I'll say this: I think we're in the mess we're in. I think the worst pandemic is a pandemic of biblical and Absolutely. civic ignorance. It's Absolutely. just simply not knowing how our system works. It's and a fear. God said, to do.
1: "It's a fear yeah. more than mm. a pandemic." Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And that's it's it. intimidating. I just got back from a flight, and the lady got on there, and she said, "You have to wear your mask." This mask has to be up in between sips, in between bites. We will tell uh. you once, and if you're polite, we might tell you twice. But if we have to tell you twice, we're kicking you off this airplane. We've got every b- bit of information: wow. your name, address, everything, and you uh. will be banned forever. And I mean, it was like Nazis. My gosh! And that was recent. You said that was uh, Saturday, uh. two days ago. Uh. Makes me want to so, never so wait a travel. For the st-
2: Yeah, for the State of the Union, you know, the the science changed just in time for them to take off their masks and hug and kiss on each other and, and be all close but we still need to wear them. I'm, I'm flying out tomorrow and you just you just depressed me, man. I was hoping they would be lighter <laughs> on me tomorrow. Well, Sounds like they might be worse. I tell you what. And they I, are, they're like mass Nazis. Yeah, I came are.
1: back from Cancun and if I could have driven back, I would have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was that I, bad. Wow.
2: I've only been thrown off of one flight. I will say only one, only one. Oh, and oh. that was back when I had my Trump 2020 mask. I think that's why she threw me off. But, oh, really? Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, it was, ba- <laughs> it was bad i try to play the game now i can tell you this i have scientifically proven that you can eat in uh, you can make one bag of chocolate covered pomegranates last however long the flight is (laughs) There you go. just so you know
1: there you go you were talking about the constitution tell them what you heard this guy say this last week
0: yeah you might have seen those uh that headline rick but uh, there was a guy on the view last week that or maybe earlier this week last week said the Constitution is trash and said he could write a better Constitution with a tweet uh, and went on to talk about how the founders were slave owners and racists and it was all done for white people man I, I was that's the one that got me so angry I was like that's the height of ignorance and arrogance mixed together that is either
1: pure evil or pure ignorance one yeah. of the two or a mixture of the two yeah, uh,
2: yeah that's what I was thinking Andrew, a combination of both uh, You know, I I just get, I get, I do get angry. I get righteously angry at at, at those kind of things happening and people saying those kind of things. And and you know what our challenge is? People say stuff like that. And for too long, we weren't equipped to respond back. You know, Tim Barton does this great response to all those lies about who we are as a nation in, in biblical citizenship. It's our second week. And he does this amazing presentation. I mean, I, I, when first time I saw him give this thing, my jaw was on the ground the same way the first time I heard David Barton talk about the faith of the founders, When Tim does this history, this black history, and and all this, he brings out all these great black heroes in America's history from our revolutionary period, talks about slavery the world over, goes through the whole thing. And when you put it in context, America's story is actually pretty amazing, and I know y'all Absolutely. y'all have had Tim on to talk about it, so I won't go down that that rabbit rabbit hole. But um, I, I just think the problem in the past was we didn't have that information. And I was just reading in Judges. I'm taking people through the Founder's Bible this year, you know, one day at a time to read through the whole thing. And we were just—I was just reading in Judges. I, I'm never going to say this name right, and y'all had to correct me on this, but it, I couldn't even spell it for you. But it's Jeff or how, however he says his name, and and he's the one that that yep. when the other king when this king told him. You guys are going to pay because the children of Israel did this and did that. He goes, no, no, no. Let me recite for you exactly what the children of Israel did. It blew me away. He responded with the truth because he knew his history off the top of his head. And he put that thing to rest immediately. Whereas what we've been doing is we let the lie come in and it unsettles us because we don't know the truth. And we start going, wow, maybe America is evil. Maybe we did invent slavery. Maybe we did all these things. Because we don't know truth. So getting the truth out there is what's going to allow liberties to survive. I think we're turning a corner on that. I think enough people are starting to say, I want to know what really happened here. And we got enough opportunities to speak that truth. We can change it. But, man, that just struck me just the other day when I was reading that in Judges. That's been uh, that that's been what we've been missing is that immediate response to say, no, here's the truth on that.
1: Yeah, and I was just reading in 1 Kings chapter 18 where Ahab came to Elijah and he says, Are you the one that has troubled Israel? And he said, No, I'm not the one that's troubled Israel. It's you and your ungodliness. And that uh-huh. people Amen. today, you know, we just saw some conservatives elected right here in Woodland Park, Colorado. On the school board and they're beginning to make some sweeping changes and they're doing some things and in the newspaper they're saying these conservatives are interjecting their politics into (laughs) our education and they're making it like we're the bad guys they're the ones that introduced all their woke critical race canceled uh, LGBT yeah all that stuff and and they're the ones that are troubling everything so that's a really great point
2: you know if Barton were here, he would do, do this story, because that's kind of like Nehemiah, right? I mean, yeah. when he's rebuilding the wall, what happens? Boy, they start lying about him. They start going back back and spreading rumors. They start attacking him with all these lies, and uh, he he wasn't having any of it. He stood up, and, I, and, you know, let's, uh, let's be praying for all. There's so many good people that got elected in this last cycle, and they're going to come under attack, no doubt about it, yeah. because they're standing up for truth. So, we got to pray for them to have courage, to be bold as lions, to, 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 to stand for truth. Because it's hard. I mean, I've been in the legislature, I've been in those hot seats, and you got all this pressure coming at you from every direction. And too often, we as, as Christians and people that do pay attention to politics, too often, we don't call the good guys and thank them for doing the right thing. Right. We only call when people do the wrong thing. And so, I really encourage everybody call those school board members, call people in your local community that are doing the right thing and say, hey, I want to thank you. Maybe it's a state rep that, filed a good pro-life bill maybe it didn't even pass but you can call them and say man thanks for standing for truth i really appreciate you doing what you're doing and i'm going to be be praying for you they're going to need it because the the fight's going to be tough for the next couple of years i think
1: so you've been a representative let me ask you this if you were to call your representative you probably wouldn't get him you'd have to leave a message or do something does that impact them do they hear about that
2: it does, you know, and it, and it depends. In some states, it's, it's a small, you know, your district is pretty small and you might even have a state rep answer the phone, but most places now the districts have, have, have gotten a, a lot bigger. You know, we kind of, we kind of go on a rule of about 20. If a rep gets, you know, 20 communications on the same subject, they really perk up about that. But if you're calling to say, hey, I'm praying for you or thank you for doing uh, this or working on that, I promise you that that staff person, that admin person is going to get that note and that message to the member because they just don't get that very often. Almost everybody that calls either wants something, they're telling you you better vote for this or I'm coming after you, or they're chewing you out cuz you didn't vote the way they wanted to. When you call with some love and appreciation for the things that they did, that's going to get through to them. And then it's going to mean more the next session when you call and say, "Hey, would you please consider voting for that heartbeat bill or would you please consider but whatever whatever it might be." Build that relationship with those legislators. It really helps down the road.
1: AND YOU KNOW, uh, OUR REPRESENTATIVE, U.S. uh, HOUSE REPRESENTATIVE, IS DOUG Lamborn, AND WE HAVE THE PRIVILEGE OF KNOWING HIM PERSONALLY, AND and HE'S SPOKEN AT OUR SCHOOL AND HAS DONE DIFFERENT THINGS. BUT uh, NOT EVERYBODY HAS THAT KIND OF A CONNECTION, AND I THINK SOMETIMES THEY JUST WONDER ABOUT IS IT GOING TO DO ANY GOOD. Uh AND I REMEMBER DAVID BARTON SAYING WHEN HE WAS ON MY TV PROGRAM, that the number one complaint that legislatures told him was that people would help them get elected, and then they'd never hear from them again. But they hear all of the so criticism. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's so right true. to what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, Rick, I, uh, so the, the the biblical citizenship. I love the name on that. I love it because a lot of pastors are out there, and they, uh, you know, they think like they're not supposed to talk about politics. They're not supposed to get involved but this is a way where people in the church can maybe go to their pastor and say, hey, pastor, there's this awesome course on biblical citizenship. Can I do this as a small group? Can I do this as a Sunday school class? Have you found that that's a way, your program is a way for people to kind of bridge that that hurdle with their with their pastors and get people talking about the culture without necessarily uh, making the pastor too worried about it?
2: Yeah, 100%. That, that was a big part of, I think, what... The timing and God just you know laid this out perfectly but 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 for a lot of pastors you know there uh you know you got really bold pastors out there that have been talking about the culture for a long time but you got a lot of them that came through seminaries that told them they couldn't do that and so that's kind of what they've always done but they're beginning to realize wow man there's a lot of problems in the culture that the bible speaks to and i need to be speaking on these things so they're looking for something like this that would help to educate and equip their flock to really address some of these issues and we call it that because it's both biblical worldview. What do I learn from the Bible about how I ought to treat my neighbor, how to how I ought to choose my leaders, that sort of thing. But then our specific constitutional citizenship in our system, and it's kind of teaching, okay, how do I follow God's commands in the nation that I'm living in? That's biblical citizenship under under our Constitution. And Richard, we've also got we've got a, a page at our website, Patriot Academy, for you to send specifically to your pastor. I can't remember the URL on it, but if you go to go to Patriot Academy and, and follow the biblical citizenship links, you'll get there. But we did a page where a lot of pastors that have been having the class just kind of tell their story. And I mean, some of these pastors started their class and I'm not kidding you, four or 500 people showed up. They had to go to overflow rooms. Wow. People are hungry wow. for this information. That's awesome. Uh, so that title itself, I think helps to capture that need that people are looking for. We call it biblical citizenship in modern America. And uh, that, we- that website I think will help. Because um, a lot of the pastors, you know, they should be protecting their flock, of course. And, and they're much more open now to something like this to help teach that. And it's not done from any particular partisan perspective or, or even denominational perspective. It's literally just, what does the Bible say about how you should form your societies and treat your neighbors and, and set up your government? And how did our founding fathers follow that model? And what can we do now inside that model TO PROTECT THAT BIBLICAL
1: SYSTEM THAT OUR FOUNDERS GAVE US. WELL, YOU KNOW, RICHARD MENTIONED ABOUT uh, PASTORS SAYING THEY SHOULDN'T GET INVOLVED IN POLITICS. BUT WHEN YOU'RE TALKING ABOUT ABORTION, THAT'S NOT POLITICS. YOU GOT PEOPLE IN YOUR CHURCH THAT ARE MURDERING BABIES. Mm -hmm. AND THEN YOU TALK ABOUT THE TRANSGENDER AND YOU TALK ABOUT homosexuality AND and EVEN CLIMATE CONTROL. I BELIEVE CLIMATE CONTROL IS NOTHING BUT A RUSE OF THE DEVIL. Mm -hmm. YOU KNOW, CLIMATE FLUCTUATES. And I've seen graphs graphs on this thing, and they are attributing this to man-made climate change, and they're using this as, I mean, I believe, in my opinion, OPINIONS ARE LIKE NOSES, EVERYBODY'S GOT ONE, USUALLY HAS A COUPLE OF HOLES IN IT. BUT I BELIEVE THAT THE ENVIRONMENTALIST AND CLIMATE CHANGE THINGS AND their push PUSHED TO GET RID OF FOSSIL FUELS ARE WHAT'S EMPOWERED PUTIN TO BE ABLE TO GO IN AND TAKE OVER UKRAINE AND PEOPLE ARE DYING, dying. BECAUSE CHRISTIANS AREN'T STANDING UP AND COUNTERING THESE THINGS. SO IT'S NOT POLITICS, IT'S JUST STANDING FOR TRUTH. ANYTHING THAT'S NOT yeah, THE TRUTH IS OF THE DEVIL.
2: Mm-hmm. That's right. And it's just life, right? And the Bible applies to everything in life. Um, we just happen to live in a system where we're in charge. We are Caesar. And so the Bible speaks to us on on how to do that appropriately. I, I tell people all the time, you know, I can't imagine you driving away from your church and saying the pastor was on fire today. That was a great message about how to be a godly husband and father or, or mother and, and wife. And I wish we could apply that when we get home. But there's a separation of church and home. <laughs> Nobody does that, right? I mean, You you don't say, oh, I wish I could use that sermon on work ethic uh, tomorrow at work and and, and how to treat your employees or your employer. But man, there's a separation of work and church. Nobody does that. Why do we buy into this separation of church and state? The Bible applies to everything, including how we form our societies and our our government. And you hit it, Andrew. I mean, all those issues you're talking about, those are biblical issues. They're not political issues. They're biblical issues, including climate change. That's Romans one, we're worshiping the creation instead of the Creator. creator. And we're being
1: dishonest about it as well, just like you said. I just made 10 television programs on that very thing today. It was really good. On the environment? Well, on Romans chapter 1. Oh, yeah. And that was just part of it, but that was there. So we're going to start taking questions here pretty soon, but... You know, I, this is my opinion, but I think that what you're doing, Rick, is actually more beneficial in making a bigger impact than you being a state representative. Mm-hmm. I really do. Well, Politics is I, just so bogged down with all of the junk that's going on. But what you're doing, this is really encouraging. And I believe a lot of our viewers are probably encouraged by hearing that this has taken place.
2: Thank you, brother. I, I appreciate that. We definitely need people to run, and we want people serving in that arena. Uh, I do think God called me away from that to help be an equipper, basically, and and an exhorter, and and encourage others to do that and and, and train, especially these young people. That's probably why, you know, you said in the opening I I was uh, bringing some hope tonight. I think I'm biased. I mean, I get to see things most people don't get to see. I get to see all these kids, this remnant. That God is raising up. So I've got more hope for the future than most people because I go all over the country and I get to be around this kind of cream of the crop—these kids that God's raising up, that are that are passionate, that love God, love His Word, are applying it. So I just I just want to pass that on to everybody and say there's hope. God's raising up a remnant. Don't give up. And our duty doesn't change. So even if we do lose, you know, that's the other thing about this. I mean, everybody loves to quote Jeremiah, right? We've all got the coffee mug or the pillow. I know the plans mm-hmm. I have for you. Where were they going? 70 years of captivity so even if we lose god's got plans for us he says marry your wives plant your gardens build your houses our duty doesn't change either way but i actually see a lot of hope in america i see a ton of people waking up that yes. never would have even watched our program tonight they would have never listened to the three of us talk about what we're talking about now but now boy they're paying attention they're like whoa wait, wait. i'm listening to this what can government do how much can it manage my life what does god say about this there's an opportunity to convert an entire generation to THE PRINCIPLES OF LIBERTY AND BIBLICAL worldview, IF WE'LL TAKE ADVANTAGE OF THIS OPPORTUNITY GOD'S GIVEN
1: US. AND YOU KNOW, I THINK I COULD RELATE THIS TO RUSSIA'S INVASION OF THE UKRAINE, THAT RUSSIA IS MUCH BIGGER, THEY GOT MORE RESOURCES, AND IF PUSH COMES TO SHOVE, AND YOU JUST THROW EVERYTHING YOU'VE GOT, THEY'RE GUARANTEED TO WIN. BUT THEY DID NOT ANTICIPATE THE RESISTANCE THAT THEY'RE GETTING FROM THE UKRAINIANS, AND THEY HAVE SUFFERED GREATLY mm-hmm. IN THE EYES OF THE WORLD. And uh, yeah. we even have something better than that. We've got the promise that if we resist the devil, he'll flee from us. Right. And if we, Amen. you know, Putin was just counting on them caving in and, yeah. and surrendering. And I don't think he counted on this. And it's given him pause. And, man, I think Satan has counted on the church not standing up. But it's, we're in a great awakening. I think good things are happening. Yeah it's awesome man. that is awesome <laughs> praise that's god awesome. so let's see if we got any questions here. all right well we sure, sure. do um,
0: we've got uh, a couple questions here rick on the convention of states and yeah. uh, that that movement and was wondering if you could explain what is that and do you think that's a good idea or not
2: yeah you know this came about right at the end of the constitutional convention in 1787 they had done all the work they had been at it for months i mean they're ready to go home they're done And just two days before the 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 end of the convention george mason colonel george mason gets up and he says guys we we messed up because we've designed this system we've created this federal government and we all know the depravity of man we know the nature of man eventually the people running the federal government are going to steal power they're going to expand beyond what we gave them the power to do and we got to have a way to put them back in the box and we've set this system up where only the federal government can do a constitutional amendment to put them back in the box. He said, that's not gonna work. We've gotta have a way to do it without them. So that's what, where the language went into article five of the constitution so that the states can be the ones to overrule the federal government without the federal government even having a say. So all of our amendments up to this point, we got 27 of them in the constitution. All of them were done first in Congress because it's a two step process. Congress proposes the amendments and then the states ratify the amendments. What Colonel Mason did was he said, When they get out of control, the states need to be able to propose the amendments and then it can come back to all 50 states for us today. Back then, obviously 13, but it can come back to all the states and they can do the ratification process. And the crazy thing is it was a mic drop moment. There was no objection. It was unanimous. Everybody was like, oh, wow, you're exactly right, Colonel. How do we miss that? Well, we haven't used it all these years because honestly, I don't think we've been to this point where we absolutely have to use it. And so now there's a movement uh, uh, built around this phrase in Article 5 called a Convention of States for Proposing Amendments. Now, you're going to hear some opposition to this. In fact, I used to be against it. Barton, we used to both be against it because we hadn't really studied it close enough. And we thought when I say we used to be against it, that was 15 years ago. But we thought, well, you know, if they all get together, they might amend some do some crazy amendments. But once we really started studying, it, we went back and studied what Colonel Mason said and how they put it into the Constitution. We realized, wait a minute, the convention is just essentially a gathering to propose amendments to debate this and then say you know what we want to overrule the supreme court case in obergfell we don't want the federal government defining marriage or we want to overrule the supreme court on a certain thing or the congress on a certain thing maybe mandates we'll see um but but they just propose the amendments and then the states get to decide if they want to ratify And 38 have to ratify so it's going to be hard to get an amendment through but i i truly believe that we can get some amendments that will strip the power from the federal government and give it back to the states so we can get rid of these 20 trillion trillion dollar deficits and out of control federal government trying to make everybody be the same they're trying to make you guys in colorado be california trying to make texas be california they're trying to make everybody be like san francisco and then when a conservative gets elected they try to make everybody be like texas or like you know that's not the way it's supposed to be federalism means each state gets to have its own personality and the feds only do what they're supposed to do. That is a really long answer to your question. And I yeah. apologize for that. But all that to say, I absolutely support it. I support it so much. So I believe this. If we don't do a convention of states, we're headed to civil war. We have to get the federal gov- government out of our daily lives and let each state have its own personality. And then people can vote with their feet. Uh, in fact, just a couple of days ago, West Virginia joined convention of states. So now we have 18 states. We've had three states pass it in just the last three weeks momentum is building i think we're going to get there and i think it's going to be instrumental in saving the country
1: so how many states have to be unified on this to make it work
2: 34 have to call for the convention and then once you have the convention 26 states a majority of states have to vote for proposing an amendment and then it goes back to all 50 states and 38 have to ratify so that was a three-step process 34 states in step one 26 states at the convention voting yes on a proposal And then 38 states actually ratifying it, which means we probably won't get a life amendment or a marriage amendment, but we will get structural amendments that simply shift the power from the feds to the states. Things like term limits would probably get passed on both members of Congress and my big pet peeve on judicial uh, uh, on judges that serve in the federal judiciary. I think they ought to be 10 years and gone, not this 30, 40 year thing.
1: Man, that's great. Yeah, that was Appreciate really that information.
0: That's actually really informative. Yeah. Where can people go to get more information about that issue?
2: Conventionofstates.com. And and one of the cool things, they're the biggest, they're the largest grassroots movement in the country right now. Five million strong. So this thing is growing like crazy. And it's kind of like being a constitution coach. In fact, we partner with them and and they use our constitution classes. But you, anybody can do it and you can sign up on their website, click on your state and find out. What the status is in your state and even if your state's passed it they're just good people to be around and, and join up for constitution classes or other issues uh, but conventionofstates.com is a great place to join and be a part of the movement
0: you right. all right well here's another question rick now i think this question kind of goes at uh, the constitution as in what what constitutional power does congress have and they're asking about the iran nuclear deal if it goes through is there anything congress can do to stop it You know,
2: technically, it should be a treaty and the Senate should have to approve it. And and, you know, this president, though, believe me, he does not care about following the Constitution. He's all of his executive orders that have overreached these mandates that are completely unconstitutional. I mean, there is no federal authority to do mask or vaccine mandates this whole. I mean, it's insane how far out of control they are and the states need to push back a little a lot harder on that, honestly. Um, but same thing with with some of these things on on the international level typically we're going to lean to the president we want the president being the one to negotiate those deals but it's one of the reasons the the reasons the founder said when you do that that treaty's got to come back to the senate to be approved so that we you know we know that there is support in the country for that and and you you're putting your finger on it too there Richard I mean this Iranian deal is so bad and 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 we literally have the Russians negotiating for us with the Iranians right now that's how inept this the Biden administration is Uh, The amount of weakness that we're projecting around the world is so bad for our country. So I encourage people to pray, pray for the president, pray for the people surrounding the president and pray that miraculously somehow, remember he used Nebuchadnezzar and Xerxes and all these others, pray that somehow he can change hearts in Washington, D.C. and in this administration and we can somehow find our way way back to peace through strength because right now we're getting a lot of, um, shall we say, not peace through weakness
0: so you mentioned the the vaccine mandates and that there's no power the the, can you explain the idea of of enumerated powers and limited government as it's found in the constitution
2: it's probably richard the most important question you could ask because that's really where we got off track we lost this idea of authority In, in in all of our classes biblical citizenship all our constitution classes david david barton walks through these examples of of who has authority and jurisdiction for certain things because what we've done for the last couple of decades is we've just said, oh, I've got a problem. I'm gonna go to government and ask government to fix it, whether it's state or local or federal government, instead of saying which level of government has authority to deal with this issue. When I was a state rep, if a bill came across my desk, my first question was not, is this a good idea? My first question was, do I have authority? Did the people of Texas give me authority under the state constitution here to even consider this issue? It might be a real problem that people have. It might be a great solution for that problem, But if it's outside my authority, then it's wrong for me to even address the issue. And the founding fathers gave only a very limited amount of authority to the federal government. It's actually 17 specific enumerated powers in the constitution that they have. Anything outside of that is unconstitutional. Department of Education, nowhere in the constitution. FDA, nowhere in the constitution. CDC, nowhere in the constitution. And yet we let them do these things because we haven't overruled their, uh, shall I say, stealing of power and their and their overreach. And so, enumerated powers, man, we spend a lot of time on that in the classes because we need to know what the proper role is. Just like as a father, I need to know m- what my authority is with my family. The church has certain authority. The state has certain authority. None of those entities are bad. The federal government's not a bad entity. It's a, I believe, a God, government's a God-created institution, and I think our system was inspired by God. The problem is when it gets outside its lane and it's doing stuff it was never supposed to do in the first place. And it's our job, we the people, to put them back in that box. You
1: know, know, I remember an example. You can give the exact details. I'll mess it up. But Davy Crockett, there was somebody that needed help. And he came and said that the government does not have the authority to be giving money directly to a personal need. And so he voted against it. But then he gave to it personally and helped raise Uh, money for this person you remember what I'm talking about? exactly
2: right yeah it was a fire in in uh, in DC and and that that even just that immediate reaction to say wait a minute we're not if we do this then we're going to have to pay for bailing out everybody on everything and David actually Martin gives an example in our class about the codfish industry back in the founding era and they had you know some sort of storm or situation with the that was causing a, a big problem for their industry and a bunch of them were going bankrupt and people went to Congress and said, you got to bail us out. And James Madison's like, what are you doing? That is not the job of the federal government. If we do this <laughs> for them, we're going to have to do it for everybody else. And, boy, wouldn't it have been a nice if, if our congressman had said the same yeah. thing in 2008 when they did the bailouts of everybody and, yeah. and in 2020 when they you know bailed everybody out with COVID. I mean, this idea of jurisdiction has got to come back. Otherwise, we're just going to spend ourselves into oblivion. And worse than spending ourselves into oblivion, it's tyranny because you have government micromanaging right. your life just like you mentioned earlier with the schools you know teaching kids all this sexuality stuff that's not the authority of the state they shouldn't be doing that in our our public schools but we've forgotten which jurisdiction belongs on which entity and if we come back to that we can have good government
1: again and you know we had E.W. Jackson and he brought out that in the 1860s that the blacks had something like 95, 96% of all black families were intact, husband and wife. Mm. In the 1960s, it was still right around 90%, but as soon as they introduced the great society and started putting out welfare, it's dropped down to like, what, 14%? of blacks are raised in a regular family. And the government stepping in and starting to pay people for having children out of wedlock has destroyed the nuclear family. You
0: know, that's another example of why we need to preach about politics. You're not really talking about politics. You're talking about truth. And if the government follows an ungodly idea like welfare, then it hurts people, hurts families, and destroys the things we care about.
2: Very good. Yeah, because God's ways are not only right, they work best. <laughs> you yeah. know, if you, if you actually do them, you get better results. And I know you guys have talked about it before, but uh, just like taking care of the poor, I mean, God didn't tell government to take care That's of the right. poor. He told us to take care of the That's poor. Right. And when government does it, so little of the money even gets to the people in need when we do it through our churches and through our, our private organizations or individually is even best because you get to help somebody and you and you get to really have much more than just writing a check. You're actually there to hold them accountable. You're actually there to mentor them, bring them to the Lord. I mean, it, it, God's way works best and I just it, it's what's sad is that we've let government basically replace the church and replace God in so many of those ways. and we the church, we're going to have to be the ones to stand up and say, all right, authority and jurisdiction, government get out of the way. This is our job. We're going to step up and, and and do what we're supposed to do as the church.
1: And that's not only true with welfare, but did you know that the school system was started by the church and they used to use we give away that New England primer and it was all yes. about God. And now, because the church turned that over to the government, which it's not their job, the Department of Education, I think we'd be better off without it. And uh, that we gave it to the uh, government, and now it's just propaganda. It's not education at all. Mm -hmm. It's terrible.
2: Well, and I'll say on the good news side of that one, homeschooling has tripled over the last year and a half all over the country. People are getting into private schools and, and homeschooling, and they're getting out of these government schools where honestly it, the the corruption was revealed i mean all yeah. all the people staying home and seeing on the screen what their teacher the teachers were teaching the corruption the rot underneath was revealed The light light was shown on it, and parents are leaving in droves, and I think that's a really good thing.
1: I tell you what, those moms in Loudoun County, Virginia, they ignited a fire all over the nation, and good Mm -hmm. things are happening. You don't have to be in government, you don't have to be an elected official to make a difference if you just get involved where you are.
0: That's right. It's awesome. It's so good. Rick, we got a question here that I think you'll like. It's about the Second Amendment. And uh, <laughs> this viewer wants to know whether the government has the power to track information on gun ownership. What are your thoughts?
2: You, you knew asking a Texan about the Second Amendment was <laughs> going to be a fun way to end the show. Right. Uh, well, we have two hours for me to answer this. Is that, no? uh, uh, the short answer is absolutely not. They do not. That would absolutely violate the Second Amendment. And, and here again, jurisdiction and, and, and authority. Uh, the founders thought it was our jurisdiction our authority to defend ourselves they said if you get robbed in your own home it's your own fault and negligence it's a responsibility on our part to be ready to defend ourselves and our family that's one reason we're so big we one of our constitution classes is actually called constitutional defense of your family and freedom and what we do is during the day we have the best instructors on the planet teaching you how to handle a firearm safely and effectively a handgun and be able to defend yourself and your family with it and then at night i teach on the second amendment and the history of the constitution so they get intellectual ammunition for how to defend the family, but they also get physical training for defending their defending their family. You know, Proverbs says in two different places that, that, that a fool walks blindly on and suffers the consequences, but a wise person foresees that danger and takes precautions. And we've got now about 4 million violent crimes a year in America. We've got DAs that are not even prosecuting crime unless it's murder. Uh, we've got liberal politicians letting the criminals out, uh, you know, in, in mass. Uh, It's just crazy what's happening out there. So I encourage people be the wise person. I was the fool for a long time. I had my handgun license, but I didn't get trained, so I didn't carry for the longest time that was me. And 10 years ago, it really changed when I finally got some some professional training and and now I'm confident in being able to defend my family. I encourage everybody to to do that. It It was a great question about the tracking. That's something we had to fight legislatively both at the congressional level and the state level, uh, but definitely would be unconstitutional for them to do that. And frankly, they're doing it. The ATF is buying is getting all these records from these stores that go out of business. They're tracking hundreds of millions of transactions. It's very wrong. But there's some good members of Congress, in fact, from Colorado, uh, Lauren Boebert and, and others yeah. that are that are um, uh, calling them out for that. And I think after the 2022 elections, we'll be correcting that.
1: Right. Lauren Bobert has been here on our program. She's spoken at our Truth and Liberty conference. That woman's stronger than horseradish. <laughs>
2: great, I claim her as as one of ours. She's a graduate of our program. She's oh, been great. through our constitutional Alive program, and and uh, so I always claim her every chance I get because she's doing such a great job. I love her.
1: She got criticized for yelling out at uh, Biden during the State of the Union, and she said she'd do it again. Wow, I loved if, it. Somebody needed to hold on. him accountable.
0: Yeah. Drill baby drill. I think yeah, her dress Yeah, that's, that's said. what hurt. Yeah,
1: she's wearing a shirt. Yeah. Oh well. Uh,
0: Rick, we got time for one more. Yep. Okay. This sure. this person wants to know. They say, why do people say our founding fathers were masons? Where did this view originate?
2: Yeah, a handful of them were, a very small number of them were for a limited uh, period of time. And, and and David's got a whole book on this called Masonry and the Founding Fathers. We, you can get that at wallbuilders.com. It's a pretty quick read, but it, I'll just tell you in general, number one, masonry was very different in the founding era than it is now mm-hmm. and very different than it was under Albert Pike when it became very anti-christian. So it wasn't anti-christian here in America when some of the founding fathers were involved because most people extrapolate from that. Well, if they were masons, they must've been anti-christian. It was a very different animal back then, but it was also very few of them. A lot of people see George Washington. There's this painting that goes around of him dressed up in Masonic regalia and doing a ceremony. He never did that stuff. He was a Mason for a short period of time so that he could fraternize with the troops during the war. After that, he never went to lodge. Um, if those folks that have seen national treasure when uh-huh. when Charles Carroll, the last surviving founding uh, signer of the Declaration is on the carriage and he hands down the secret Masonic message to to Nicholas Cage's character and all, all that stuff, none of that never happened. Why? Because Charles Carroll was never even a Mason at all, ever. Anyway, there's a lot there, but bottom line, it wasn't what it is today or even what it was in the 1800s, and and just a handful of the founders were actually Masons in the first place.
1: Yeah, and I had David Barton explain that same thing on my program, and he said not only was it different, but when it began to start changing, they actually passed laws and outlawed it, and they did away with Masonry for a while by the government, and then it was reorganized, and what we see today is not even the Same thing. So there's no comparison, right? So yeah, exactly right. In
2: fact, John Quincy Adams was elected on the anti-Mason party when he went to uh, Congress.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. I tell you, every criticism that people are having against our liberties and, and trying to bring up critical race theory and wokeness and all of this kind of stuff, if people knew the truth, what you're teaching, yeah. Rick, it would diffuse those things. And our ignorance has empowered these people to do what they're doing. The truth, if we if we turn on the light, it exposes the darkness. And the yeah. truth is we just don't know the truth about what we've got. That's right. It's amazing. That's right.
2: We're just about out of of time,
1: but I want you to once again encourage them to uh, join your website. Where is one place that they can go to get all of this information that you've been talking about?
2: Easiest place to go is PatriotAcademy.com. PatriotAcademy.com and all the programs are there on the website. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. I really enjoyed it. This has been great iron sharpening iron. I feel like we've done that tonight. Mm -hmm. So do you have a place that they can give and participate in what you're doing? Absolutely, they can do that at the website. You can sponsor a kid to go to Patriot Academy or sponsor a military veteran. We do one just for military veterans so that they can see from inside the belly of the beast. They serve on the Senate floor and almost all of them leave going, wow, now I know what I was defending, I really get it. And a lot of them go home and run for office, which is a really good thing as well.
1: Mm. Well, Rick, thanks for being with us. We're just about out of time. We also want to thank CTN for carrying this on some of their stations. We appreciate you doing that. AND OF COURSE, WE WANT TO THANK ALL OF YOU WHO WATCH. WE HAVE TENS OF THOUSANDS OF PEOPLE THAT JOIN US EVERY WEEK. FOR OUR TRUTH AND LIBERTY, IT'S ALWAYS AT 6 PM MOUNTAIN TIME ON MONDAY EVENINGS, AND WE HAVE GUESTS FROM ALL OVER THE WORLD Mm -hmm. THAT HAVE BEEN ON HERE, AND PEOPLE THAT ARE MAKING A DIFFERENCE, AND I BELIEVE IT'S AN ENCOURAGEMENT TO YOU. PRAISE GOD, WE'RE STANDING UP AND TURNING ON A LIGHT INSTEAD OF JUST CURSING THE DARKNESS. So thank you for joining us. Thank you, Rick, for being with us. God bless you all. And remember, we do this every Monday night. You can go to our website, and we've got a lot of materials there that would be a real blessing for you. So check it out, and God bless you. We'll see you next week. Join us next time for the Truth and Liberty broadcast. Find tonight's
0: episode and related articles and links at truthandliberty.net. Truth and Liberty is viewer supported. If you'd like to help us continue our live casts, you can make a donation at truthandliberty.net.